Welcome to the Contractor Success Map Podcast. I'm your host, Bradley Hart, and I'm an expert on how you can get the most out of your contracting company. The reason I designed this show is to help you turn your contracting company from a people-dependent money pit into a process-dependent cash cow to have the freedom you dreamed of when you start your business. Every Friday, we're releasing podcasts with information to help you get the most out of your contracting company. Be sure to join us at www.contractorsuccessmap.com and subscribe to receive our latest articles and special offers. And the best part, it's all free, just for you. Hello everyone, and thank you for joining me. My name is Randall DeHart. I'm your host here at the Contractor Success Map Podcast. And today we're, we're honored to have Corey Phillips of Home Pro Success join us here in the podcast. Hello, Corey, how are you today? Hey Randall, how's it going, man? Hey, it's going great. I tell you what, if I was any better, um, my future's so bright, but I'm wearing shades. It's just that good. Um, <laughs> well, how lucky you. <laughs> yeah, I, that's actually out of a song in the 70s, but uh, I figured it was, but they're really good people. <clears throat> well, for those who don't know Corey, I want to kind of give a brief uh, interview. Uh, Corey grew up in the southwest Florida, the Port Charlotte area. He went to college at the Florida uh, Gulf Coast University and got a degree in accounting. Now, I think that's fantastic as an accountant myself. Um, fortunately, Corey was able to break away and, and do something more interesting in his life because just before he graduated, he started Gulf Coast Aluminum. In his free time, he loves working on growing the business, helping other service business owners and contractors. He loves studying data-driven marketing, running, and cycling. So, Corey, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thanks, Randall, for having me on here. Um, well, certainly very fortunate that I was able to avoid the uh, the drudge of public accounting there as I was going to school for, and now I've got many friends in that industry. And um, you know, what they tell me isn't pleasant. I'm much, you know, much, much happier running and growing a service company. You hit a lot of nails on the head there. Um, you know, I started Gulf Coast Aluminum. I was 22, right out of college, actually still in college when it started, and. Um, you know, worked on growing it from there. Started it with a longtime friend of mine. We'd actually been doing, you know, work in the trade since we were in high school. That was our first job after Hurricane Charlie came through and leveled the southwest Florida area back in 04. So we started then, and, you know, my friend and I were working on a job at one time, and everything was just a chaotic mess. The company was unorganized. Project was a mess. Um, you know, typical stuff that you see in unorganized trade operations. And we're like, you know, if we could just start a business and just run it clean and professional, you know, doing this, we would do absolutely great. We would kick ass. So, you know, fast forward, we, we had that conversation, fast forward, whatever, seven, eight years at this point, we're graduating college, and one of us says to the other, and I forget who it was, hey, remember when we were back in high school and we were doing, you know, work back then, and we talked about starting a business like this? Another one of us said, yeah, now's that time. And we'd been working in the trades through college, um, you know, working for general contractors and stuff. So, you know, we were eligible to get licensed. We had, you know, much more experience at that point with administration and sales and handling all that side of the business. So just like that, one of us had a truck. Um, you know, we got, got the appropriate licensing and insurances and all the business set up. Off we went like that, just two young guys with a truck. And I, you know, looking back on it, I don't know how we made it, but we kind of fought and scrapped our way to where we are now, which is, well, a much more larger, organized, and professional operation. How, how big is, uh, how many people do you have? How many employees in your operation? Yeah, right now we're running about 60 people. About 60 people, okay. About 60 people, yeah. So you actually have a, a sizable operation. You've established uh, proof of concept. It definitely works. And what is your, your primary... Uh, what do you do for people who call you up? 
Well, we do screen enclosure and patio work. So, uh, you know, it's kind of foreign to a lot of the rest of the country because screen enclosures really only exist in kind of Florida and then a little bit in the Gulf Coast, uh, like Louisiana, Alabama, parts of Texas, maybe up into Georgia a little bit. But uh, they're, it's hard to explain verbally, um, but they're large screen enclosures that go over pools and patios to keep out the bugs. You can essentially just think of us as an exterior patio and deck contractor. We operate along those lines. I get it. Okay, so that's very, you know, patio and deck contractors. That's across the country. That yep. makes a lot of sense. Except but, just the screen in Florida. Just the screen. I've got it. Yep. So th this is interesting. So you are a successful contractor. This isn't just, um, you're not just an idea, man. So what, what I'm interested in too, Corey, is that uh, you have um, a, a website called Home Pro Success. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I, um, you know, I kind of, get asked a lot of questions you know over time through friends that are starting trade businesses or other friends that are business owners and you know I would have to repeat myself and answer the same questions and there's always ideas kind of batting around in my head and stuff that I'm doing and stuff that I wanted to put in writing and I kind of write everything and just slap it all into Google Docs and I'm saving it on my computer that goes on for a couple of years and I've got like a hundred and something you know what are essentially long blog posts, several thousand words. Uh, and then at some point I'm like, well, these aren't doing any good just sitting on my computer. So I put it all together, put up the homeprosuccess.com website, uh, started publishing some stuff out there. From there, some people started asking me about Facebook advertising, which I'm doing a lot of at my company. Uh, that kind of led into a course on Facebook advertising that I've been running now. And um, yeah, there's a lot going on with that, you know, particularly on the business development side of things that mostly focuses on marketing, uh, sales. That's probably 60% of stuff with 40% of the stuff on the operational side of things. For the Gulf Coast Aluminum Company now, I'm nearly out of operations at this point, and I focus just on, you know, the marketing, sales, actually growing the company as opposed to, you know, working in and handling the day-to-day -day operations. And basically try to put that stuff on paper or not on paper on a monitor and uh, share that with anyone else that's out there so now when people ask me stuff rather than having to you know kind of tell the whole story I can say hey you know go check out my website here's a link read this post read that post and then if you have any questions after read that you know come on back to me and ask me it's a great resource for anyone that really wants to grow a service business excellent now when we say service business we're talking primarily to contractors handymen Trade contractors. contractors, you know, so residential service business, you know, it, it, it applies to handymen as well. Um, but, you know, you're really looking for trade contractors that are doing, you know, fairly sizable projects at someone's home. That's really who it's geared for um, because, well, naturally, that's what I work in and that's what I have all my experience with. A general contractor could find some good information there. A handyman could find some good information there as well. But really, it's going to be people, you know, they're doing projects like mine, say $1,000 to $20,000, and their, you know, target customer is a residential homeowner. Excellent, excellent, because there's a real need for that. Um, I've interviewed a lot of people that offer a lot of things, marketing in particular. But the folks that, like yourself, Corey, you're actually a contractor. So you're, you're walking the walk, you're talking the talk, and you're doing the job. So what you have is not just theory it's things that you know that have worked does that make sense yeah absolutely i mean i'm, I'm not about the fluff and the baloney and you know I, I see it all the time there's people out there that'll try to teach you how to run and grow your contracting business but they've never had to deal with um you know a day when two of their employees don't show up and they're already behind the calendar and now not only do they have to get these projects done and those customers are unhappy but on the flip side now they've got to bump projects back 
and it's a total mess, you know, and there's people out there trying to kind of sling advice that have never actually walked the walk, never have actually done it, and, you know, they just kind of operate, well, based on some marketing crap that they picked up in a textbook somewhere. <laughs> I love it. I love what you, you're so direct. And you're so it's right. true. It's true. I mean, you know, one thing, if I could go back to college or if I could have a word with any of my college professors, and I actually have, mm-hmm. you know, in the textbooks, they always kind of teach you or just kind of assume that you can hire more people and hire labor at this market rate of labor. And it's like, no, 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 no. You know, if you've ever actually had to run a, you know, a trades operation, you know that just doesn't exist. I mean, finding and hiring people isn't just, you know, putting up a job ad for a specific amount of payment and poof, you get some people to hire and show up and work. It just doesn't work like that. And nobody that's, nobody that has not operated a trade business does not know what that's like. I mean, I've been there, I've been in the dark days when we needed people really bad. Uh, fortunately, we've kind of overcome that and gotten beyond that hurdle, but it's it's a painful, painful, painful thing. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you can probably hear the sound of pain in my voice. I'm reliving some of this stuff in my head from some of the early years, and I don't want to go back to that. Glad I made it beyond it. No, you're so right. Just a quick segue. Um, one of our businesses was a plumbing mechanical operation, and we did new construction, uh, plumbing mechanical for small buildings, you know, four, five, six, eight stories. And every project, I, I needed at least a minimum of eight plumbers and mechanics on each uh, location. And so we would hire 16. And every day I'd get at least eight, sometimes nine, <laughs> sometimes 10, but we'd never get 16. And there were people that had never met each other because they didn't show up. Yeah, I, I've, um, I have totally been there. I've been there so many times. I mean, we, at one point, I mean, we would run job ads. Uh-huh. Uh, we would schedule the interviews for a Friday. Yes. So, you know, let's just say anybody who responded to this job ad, you'd put the job ad out, you 20 people responded. Okay, schedule an interview for Friday. And of the 20 people, 10 people would show up. Right. So you got 10 people, I mean, you, you wouldn't even really care much about it at this point. You're like, because you, you know where this is going. You have 10 people show up, you're like, great. You know, you can start on Monday. Yep, I can start on Monday. Awesome. Um, okay, and you're, you know, you're fine with the pay rate. And the pay rate was actually re- very reasonable. This was not, you know, this wasn't minimum wage type of stuff. Yep, I'm fine with the pay rate. And uh, you'd be lucky if you got one of them that would show up on Monday. Yes, and yes. I, it's, I totally it's a challenge, agree. you know. Um, and that's, you know, that's why I like to say, you know, as a contractor, you kind of have to have, you know, your, not only your sales and marketing funnel, but your recruiting funnel, because you always have to be hiring so that when you find that right person, you can hire them. And then your sales and marketing funnel so that, you know, when you find and hire them, because if you get people that come in at one time, you don't want to not have any work for them or not be able to financially afford them. So you have to have work for them to do. Um, it's a tricky process, but once you get it into place to, you know, where you're always perpetually looking for and hiring people and can afford to hire someone, it's a, um, uh, it's a, I'm trying to think of the word, but you're, you're at a point of growth. You're at a point where you can start to kind of perpetuate growth. Mm-hmm. And you know, from there you can really grow up because you can take on a lot of projects and take on a lot of stuff that you otherwise wouldn't have and you know, really start scaling your business up from that point. No, that makes total sense. That really does. We don't, I, I think you've hit on a really important point here. Uh, part of this uh, podcast is called the Contractor Success Map Podcast. I use the word map because M stands for marketing. 
A for accounting and P for production. And that is the, the best way I've seen contractors, us included, we've operated our businesses all the time. Can you share it with our audience and describe how to use it? Because I am really excited about this. This is going to be a game changer for contractors. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks for bringing that up there. I put a lot of work into the graphic. Um, got a lot of stuff going on to it, but I kind of want to backtrack to where you were talking about your your MAP, MAP system, because you got the marketing um, you know, in front of accounting and production. And that's incredibly powerful. And you know, you touched on this. But when you become a business owner, the most important thing that you can do, or not the most important thing, the only thing you need to focus on, or not the only thing, I'm saying this, saying this horribly, but basically your job at that point needs to be marketing and sales. You have to become a marketing and salesperson because if you think about it, you can outsource nearly any other part of your business. You can outsource the taxes, you can outsource the financial management, you could even outsource production. I, we all know in the trade business that you know isn't, isn't exactly easy. You can outsource that stuff, but you cannot, you absolutely cannot outsource your marketing and sales. You have to be your number one salesperson until you, you know, become a sizable business to where you can hire a VP of sales and marketing, et cetera. But as a small operation, you have to be your number one uh, you know, marketing and salesperson there. So it's one thing I, I think a lot of people don't realize when they kind of dive into the business or when they are running a business they don't prioritize it. You know, they don't, they don't realize that they're trying to figure out where they should focus their effort. You know, yes, you have to be able to deliver a quality product and all that. But once you get that underway, you really need to focus on, you know, training other people how to do that, hiring the right people to do that, because you can't train and hire, you know, somebody else to do your sales and marketing until, you know, you've really got it down pat. Oh, so, that's so true. Yes, you're that's yeah. That's one thing that you know you you never realize um, until you get into business for yourself and really focus on growing it. But yeah, the infographic there that was for what I'm calling the valve stem sales strategy or valve stem sales process. So let me kind of walk you through that. Sure, you know, um, admittedly nobody really likes dealing with a salesperson. I've never liked dealing with a salesperson. In fact, I hate it. And that, that's just my nature, you know, so I don't like dealing with the salesperson and I don't think customers do either. I mean, Randall, have you ever, you know, have you ever enjoyed like one of those high pressure sales pitches where somebody's just kind of, here's the pitch, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, here's how much it's going to cost. And then they just kind of make an attempt to overcome your objectives. I'm sure you've sat through those. Yes, I have. And you know, what's kind of funny is I sat through a number of those over the years and I guess maybe 20 years ago, I finally get to the point when they get going down that path, I would just stand up and say, you know what, I'm not interested in this. I don't care what you have to say. Um, you're wasting my time. I don't care about your time. I just get up and leave. Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, I'm exactly the same way. You know, so, you know, going back to I started the whole business, we get in and, you know, I'm kind of going out there. I'm doing what a lot of contractors do, which is just meeting with customers and giving them an estimate. At that point, I'd be like, all right, well, you know, call me if you have any questions and just kind of walk away. And I know there's tons of tradesmen that do it. Um, I was one of them. And that kind of leads you nowhere. That just kind of leads you to dropping off a bunch of estimates and, you know, doing the hope and pray and calling you back. So at that point, I knew, all right, we need to get this, you know, 
kind of into a more structured approach need to have a better strategy for doing these on-site sales because I hear about all these, you know, awesome hardcore closers and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, they're getting 50% of the people they meet with are hired to sign up and give them a deposit check. So I'm hearing all this stuff, but I'm certainly not one of them. So at this point, I kind of start, you know, going on this kick to study it. And I'm, you know, going online. Um, I went and kind of did some sales training with some other home service companies that were, you know, kind of notorious for really selling. And ultimately, kind of what that led me to was a bunch of the high-pressure stuff, you know. So in the traditional kind of sales methods, you know, you go through and you do your introductions. You do some fact-finding. You do a pitch. Then you give the price, and the price is kind of you know nearly at the end. And then after the price, the only thing that happens is well, you basically try to close. And there's a few ways you can do that. That's either you know through negotiation. You know you can try and kind of do some psychological stuff. Like one thing I heard was you know after you give the price, ask the customer, can you afford this? You know, and either the customer kind of you know kind of puffs up and they're like, well, yes, of course I can afford it. And you're like, well, of course, great, now buy it. Um, or they're like, well, no, I can't afford it. And then you're like. Okay, well, we offer financing, yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, or you can do some brute force, you can do some scarcity, you can do some fake discounts. I mean, just a bunch of puffery, you know, and all these cheeseball tactics. And it's like, at that point, the customer knows what you're doing, you know. So you give the price, and then the customer's like, all right, I got the price. And they know that what's going to come up is you're going to try to sell them something, and they're just ready to just be done with it and be done with you right. and get on with it. Now, you know, so, so I kind of learned that stuff, um, you know, like I said, online, I did some training with some other companies that were really into this stuff. I didn't really know that's what they were doing until, until I kind of got in there and started training with them. And ultimately, it kind of all led to that, you know, kind of high pressure type of thing. And that stuff just didn't really jive well with me. I didn't, um, I didn't jive well with it because I'm not comfortable doing it because it's not something I'd like somebody doing to me. I want to, you know, feel like I made the decision on my own feel like I arrived at that on my own and feel like I'm comfortable with somebody. You know, if, it, if it's a good product and a good service, you shouldn't need to use that kind of cheeseball stuff. At least that's my thought as a consumer. You know, if, you're, if your product is so good, you should let me arrive at that decision on my own. So anyways, I kind of, you know, went through and implemented some of that higher pressure type of stuff, the traditional stale stuff in my company, and it works. I'm not going to lie and say it doesn't work, because it does work. There's a reason why so many people use it. It does work. It gets signatures and deposits on the dotted line. Um, but besides for making myself feel kind of sleazy and unethical, you also run into a lot of um, unhappy customers with it. You know, if people feel like they're pressured into something, you know, the next thing is, is two days later, they're calling asking for their deposit back. Or, you know, if you won't give the deposit back, then they're trying to make changes, you know, to the contract or something else. They're just going to make your life a living hell for the next few months that you're working with them. Because it's not like you, you know, just sell a car and they sign on the dotted line, they get the keys to the car and they drive, the thing is non-refundable. No, you have to have a working relationship. Um, but when you're selling home services or doing home improvement projects, you have to have a working relationship for a few months with the customer. So starting it off on a wrong tone, just wasn't right. So at that point, I kind of put my head down and kind of reflected on some things and worked on developing, you know, what I call the valve stem sales strategy here. So you following me so far, Randall? Because I know I just dropped a lot there. No, Corey, I'm following you 100%, and you're so right. I'm sitting here shaking my head, you know, up and down, saying yes. You're you're, you're talking to me, Corey. You really are. Okay. I, I have well, a lot of vendors and suppliers that we work with and the ones that i've worked with for you know over 25 years are what you just described 
Okay, they give me good service, good price. It's funny because I have a dealership here in the area. It's called Good Chevrolet, and I have bought my vehicles there since 1990, I think it was. Uh, good people. No high-pressure sales at all. I just call up the, the fleet manager and say, okay, I want a blank, and I want everything on it, and don't BS me, and I go down, and I talk to the f and lady, finance and insurance person, and I just say, give me everything. I, I want it all. I don't care what it is. Get all done. I write a check. I'm out the door. Okay. These people are the greatest people on earth because you know what, Corey? If I had a problem with a vehicle, uh, I call them up and I say, you know, my my new SUV is having an issue. Can you deal with it? No problem, Randall. They send a couple of guys out, and in a in a car, and they'll drive my vehicle back to their location. They service it. They fix it. Whatever it takes. And more often than not, I don't get a charge for that. Okay, we wow. have a re- we have a relationship. I mean, they're making money. Okay, <clears throat> if it's something that, that needs to be fixed, I get a charge for. Right? They charge me the oil change, that sort of thing. I don't think they do that anymore. Anyway, the point is, they are what you just described, and I've got dozens of people I work with like this. Okay, they're in it for the long haul, and it's called the lifetime value of the customer, and that's what you're saying. Okay, and I've talked to other friends that go to Good Chevrolet, and they love them. Same thing. Good service. You can count on them. There's no high-pressure sales. And they don't want to just sell you a car. They want to sell you a lot of cars over, you know, many years. So mm-hmm. what you're saying, I love it. Please keep going. I'm interested in this valve stem. This is fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean, well, it sounds like obviously what they've done is, you know, started off on the right foot and built a great relationship with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now, obviously... As you know, in the kind of early times when I was first selling contracting services and home improvement services, you know, I, I know I needed like some kind of strategy, something to sell. I couldn't just be out there plunking that paper down with a number, you know, chicken scratched on it. I needed some kind of strategy that was going to lead me to closing, you know, that I could use on every project I was going to go to. Um, and I could kind of, you know, methodically work my way through it and kind of figure out what was working, what didn't work and increase my chances of closing. And I needed to do this in some way that was not using the cheese ball tactics and the fake scarcity and you know the brute force and the negotiation. I needed something that wasn't going to do that. And I you know, kind of put my head down, put the pen to the paper and started working up. And that's kind of how I arrived at the you know, valve stem sales strategy. Now, there's a few you know, different elements of this here. I'll kind of walk you through it, you know, I guess step by step from the beginning. That would be, that'd be the best way of doing it here. So, you know, you generally get out there and you start with the pleasantries, you, you know, do the introduction and all that and be genuine and then ask, do you know anyone we've done any work for before? So what this does is this is set to kind of position yourself as different and unique. Okay, so this is already going to start positioning you as a premium service provider, differentiate you, you know, from the lower end kind of chuck in a truck type of operations or you know the guys that are unlicensed uninsured those types of guys so do you know anyone that we've had do you know anyone that we've done any work for and if they answer yes you just kind of say awesome so you already know how we do things quite a bit different than a typical contractor and you know you know what our projects look like when they're done and the customer is going to you know agree yeah your work has been pretty good um if no then you just kind of say, okay, well, you're going to see in the next few minutes how we do things a lot different than co- most other companies that you're going to get a bid from. Mm. So at that point, you're already kind of subtly positioning yourself as a premium service provider and a little bit different than all of the other you know, competitors. So 
they're expecting you to kind of back this up and they're expecting you to be very professional at this point. So then from there, you just kind of go in through, you know, the whole project, discussing the whole project, finding out what the customer needs, finding out what the customers want, ask a lot of questions. You generally want to try to let the customer do most of the talking. Now, when you get a chance to talk, it's important that you explain every step of the project in detail. So even the stuff that's implied, explain it in detail, go through the full, um, you know, kind of full scope of work, okay? So uh, let's give an example here. In my case, let's say that we're doing a whole new screen enclosure, which is going to include concrete foundation and the structure, all right? So we might start off by saying, all right, we're going to start off by, you know, having this project engineered. We're going to go through and make sure that every little bit of this enclosure is rated for our local wind code and also the exposure rating and is in compliance with zoning. Uh, then we're going to have someone in our permitting office. They're going to pull all the permits. We've got a couple awesome people in the permitting department that all they do is permits. They get these things through really quickly. When it comes to the actual work in the foundation, you're going to come out here with a sod cutter. We're going to pull up all the sod. We're going to load the sod up and dispose of it. From there, we're going to dig up the whole area. If we need to bring in any fill dirt, we're going to do that as well. We're going to form up the footers. And then a few days later, we're going to get a pump truck out here and a concrete truck. Have you ever seen a pump truck before? Lead in with a question there and let them do some talking. And as you'll notice, what I did there is I'm going through step by step, stuff that seems so basic to us. By relaying it to the customer, even if they know it already, it's positioning you as an authority and as you know a responsible professional. So you kind of want to go through the project like that. Make sure you get all the details. Still with me, Randall? I am. Oh, this is great. No. Okay. This is fantastic. So I love it. You're, you're get the pleasantries, you kind of position yourself, and then, you know, by doing this discussion, you're kind of driving that home that you're responsible and professional. Now, here's what's coming next. You calculate the price, drop the price. Um, I don't like to make prices in, you know, like kind of $1,000 increments. Some contractors will do that, you know, $1,000, 2000 3000 You know, if you calculate your number and it's 5000 I generally like to make it a kind of Oh, what's the number here? But uh, or what's the word? Um, like a digitized number. So say like five thousand eighty-two. You know, just make it so it's not all in zeros. You know, put that on the price, and then you know, give that over to the customer and be like, all right. So you know, I worked up the you know price here for the total scope of work. You can go back through it, give that number to the customer, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then you can just kind of wait a moment. All right. And this is where most contractors drop off, or this is where you know, the traditional sales guys kind of go into their, um, they kind of go into the cheese ball tactics and the hard selling stuff, all right? But let's think about, you know, what happens when you give that customer the price. Either they're sticker shocked, genuinely sticker shocked, or they say no. Nobody, when they, when you first get that price right in front of you, and I shouldn't say nobody, because there will be very, a few people that are like, all right, I'm ready to go with this already. Um, you know, they already have their mind up, but that's very small percentage of people that you go with. They're going to get that price and they're just going to kind of be taken back. And they're going to kind of put up what I call the just say no barrier. Um, you know, consumers, consumers are conditioned to just say no. Somebody gave you a price and this guy, want, this guy gave me a price and he wants to sell me something. I'm going to say no, 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 no. You know, just say no at that point. And um, traditional sales methods are genuinely aimed at getting through that barrier, pushing through that barrier, you know, either by scarcity, like I said, um, some type of negotiation, some type of hard sell tactic, right? Right. So that's where, that's where your traditional sales guys go, and they try to get through that just say no barrier. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, most contractors, service guys are like, well, nice meeting with you today. Call me if you have any questions, and that's kind of the end of that. Right. 
Right. So, right. yep. And that's, you know, that will, you know, maybe get you some sales, but if you really, really want to sell, you know, you've got to go a step beyond that. And if you're like me and like most contractors, and I think if you are, you know, somebody that is kind of respectful towards the consumer, you'll go in a different direction from, you know, the hard sell stuff. And here's where, you know, I found it's really working for me. Okay. At this point, you've given them the price. They're a little bit taken back. And they're kind of, they got this price in front of them there and, you know, they're kind of hesitant and there's always this awkward moment of silence and either, you know, they'll say, okay, well, thank you. Or, you know, they'll try to think up some question to ask. You can just come off and say, you know, after a few seconds, after they kind of get a moment to digest that price, let me show you some similar projects we've done. Okay. And at this point, we're going to go into building trust and using story. So using story is extremely powerful. There's a lot of great research out there now on using story in the sales process, but it's extremely powerful. It builds a connection and it differentiates you from your competitors. Right. Now, what I'm doing here is we're kind of using it to soften things up. We're using it to take down that just say no barrier and get the customer's attention you know, focused on either the project and our company and less on this barrier. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I'll say, you know, let me show you some similar projects we've done. And at that point, we've got tablets. So, you know, we'll pull out our tablets and we've got, um, you know, all of our project photos categorized on there and organized. So I'll open it up and open it up to the appropriate category of projects that we've done that are similar. And I've got that on my hand and I just go through and swipe through with my, um, you know, swipe through with my hand, showing them the pictures. Mm -hmm. You know, they were open to seeing it because when you say, let me show you some similar projects we've done, they genuinely not in accordance, not in agreement. So you got your pictures out and you swipe through it. And just like that, you go through and talk about each project you've done that's similar. So you're building trust, building authority, building value, making that connection with them. And now as you go through your pictures, you know, depending on how many you have, you want to navigate to another little folder that's kind of hidden on your tablet. And that's going to be your company story. And that's mm -hmm. what you really want to let it shine. And you want to make a connection. So at that point, We'll go through and, you know, say, all right, now this is our, you know, facility. Now they know that we're a legitimate company here. I'm not just somebody that flies around, you know, and, you know, here's our facility. Here's how it works. And then we can go through and show pictures of our staff. Here's Daniel. He's our shop fabricator. He's going to be the guy that's responsible for doing this part of your, you know, project here. This is Joanne. She's our permit coordinator. She gets these permits out. Everybody at the permitting department loves her. I hate the permitting department. I hate going down to the you know, city hall in the building department. But Joanne has been doing permits. Um, Joanne has been doing permits since before I was born, you know. And then you can go through and literally just show your company off like that and tell the company's story. So you built trust with some projects. You built a connection, you know, with the story. And then after, you know, generally 15 to 30 minutes of that, you generally find the customers have softened up. They've kind of, you know, left that hardened uh the hardened um attitude that they have of just say no mm -hmm. and uh we'll go for a close and there's a few different ways we can approach this but what's really working for me and my sales guy is just after you go through it and you're kind of fizzling out of your story just say so should we get this written up now oh just i like love that um, i'm a little bit quiet because mm -hmm. this you're you're talking to me okay you're talking mm -hmm. to that contractor who is driving his pickup truck or his van or at, at home in his, in, over the kitchen table. And you, you're talking to me, that contractor, and it's like, I'm eating this stuff up. This is what I need. I need somebody who's a contractor 
who's been here, done that, got a t-shirt, tattoo, sung a song about it, M-I-C-K-E-Y. He knows what he's talking about. I mean, you literally are talking to me, the contractor. I love this stuff. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Keep going. All right. So what's working for me and my sales guys is simply, should we get this written up? So at the end of it, after you've, you know, kind of dropped the price, you've gone through, you've shown them some projects to kind of build that trust again, you've made the connection with the story, you've made them acquainted with your company, should we get this written up? And that's it. You know, we find that a lot of customers, you know, just say yes a lot more than if you just kind of, you know, scratch that, uh, scratch that you know, number out on paper and walked away, or if you would have tried the hardball cheesy tactics, mm -hmm. um, you know, just kind of saying, should we get this written up after you've kind of gone through and built the connection and the trust? And it's working wonders for us. I've, you know, got all my salespeople trained on it. And, um, you know, everyone that, you know, comes into the company is getting trained on this and stuff. And it's doing great. I can't imagine doing anything else. So Corey, I'm, I'm curious, how did you come up with the name Valstem Sales Strategy? That's interesting. There's going to be a story behind that. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, I mean, there's no great story behind it, but the name is kind of set to reflect the valve stem because the price is right in the middle. So the valve stem is right in the middle of the tire valve. Mm -hmm. Price is right in the middle as opposed to, you know, your traditional sales processes where, you know, your price drop is at the end. So we're dropping the price in the middle and it lets out all the pressure. Oh, so that's good. That's how we came up with the valve stem, stale, valve stem sales strategy process, uh, you know, for naming this and, um, the name the name has done quite well. A lot of people love the name on it. Yeah, I, I love the name too. Now, Corey, what what crosses my mind? All right, um, a lot of contractors, and and I spend tens of thousands a year on on training and sales and accounting and so forth, continuing education. You know, it would be great, and you may have already thought of this. So, if you have, you know, I'm behind the curve here. Is there's is there any possibility you may have something coming up in the future? So the people listening to the, the contractors, God love them all. I love all contractors. The contractors listening to this podcast are probably scratching their head and saying, you know, there's a lot of information here. I'm driving down the road. I'm at my kitchen table. I would love to connect with Corey one-on-one, -on -one, or maybe Corey has some kind of a, maybe he's working on some kind of a, I don't know, like a class or something like you have at Home Pro Success. Is there anything like that that's in the future that you could uh, talk to us about? Oh, gosh. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, first of all, you know, what I just kind of told you here about the whole valve stem sales strategy, you can start using that stuff today. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you've, you've got the information there. So I put a lot of stuff out there that is, you know, genuinely going to help you. There's, you know, there's no, no need to up your marketing budget. If you're not already, you know, taking a structured approach to sales, if you're not already, you know, using the elements of trust building, value building and story in your sales process, you know, I just gave you a real simple six-step formula that, you know, lets you position yourself as new, unique and different right off the bat, mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of is set to basically overcome the customer's barrier without hard sell tactics mm -hmm. and, you know, put, put these elements all together and put them into place so that you can go out there and, you know, you can be on par with the same sales tactics as the best of them. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a really killer effective strategy. But other than that, yeah, over at Home Pro Success, um, there's a ton going on, ton going on over there. I'm in the second round right now, my Facebook advertising course. Mm -hmm. um, so that's in the second round. And then what's coming up, what I've got on the, you know, on the back burner here, and this will probably be coming up sometime in the fall of 2018. We're in 2018 now. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, we're almost halfway done with 2018, if you can believe that. <laughs> okay. So anyways, fall of 2018, 
Uh, we're looking to put something together here which is really going to teach a whole um, marketing, a full circle, closed loop marketing process based on the same ones that I use to grow my company, Gulf Coast Aluminum. And look my company up, Gulf Coast Aluminum. You'll certainly see that it, you know it's well positioned, well branded, and well marketed. You know everywhere online. But uh, we're going to be teaching that method. You know, and that's going to start all the way from the very beginning, which is you know identifying your target services and market. Mm -hmm. So target services and market, because you really need to have that stuff identified. Right. And so many contractors don't. I always get a kick out of this, and I hope you're not one of those guys if you're listening. But I'll see vans going down the road, and it says. We specialize in kitchen remodels, bath remodels, interior repainting, carpet, <laughs> flooring, and cabinets. It's like, well, you don't specialize in anything. You are just a general interior contractor at that point, you know? Um, I always, yeah, I get a kick out of that. So you, you always got to have an idea of what you really want to target, the stuff that, you know, you know, makes your money and the stuff that, you know, you know when you're going out to, you can sell it well because as a small operation in even the very big ones don't even do this well. You can't sell everything effectively. You can't market it all effectively. And most importantly, you can't complete it all efficiently. Right. So we're going to start at the very you know, beginning, identifying what you can sell and complete efficiently. And then from there, going through and gearing your website up to make your website effective because so many people are just you know, lacking on the website end of things. Um, there's, and it's really simple. There's some simple little pointers you can do. Make your website wildly effective. You can check mine out, you know, maybe for some ideas. Um, but there's a lot of stuff you can do. And then once you've got the website in place and you've got the target services and, you know, you've kind of worked on your sales presentation because that's going to be a part of the course too. From there, then you can really amp it up with your paid advertising, um, you know, particularly online. I'm doing pay-per-click advertising. Uh, your Facebook advertising is really one of my big ones right now. And then also doing some other things with um, – Lead magnets, YouTube advertising, and then inbox um, advertisements. If you got use Gmail, you might notice some ads pop up in there. And we've been experimenting with those and having pretty good success. And rather than just doing a one-off course on Facebook advertising, it's going to be a full uh, full loop thing. So, you know, no matter where you are, if you're just starting out or just thinking of starting up a business, you know, you can sign up, go through the whole process. At the same time, it's going to be broken up in such a way that if you know you're just interested in the Facebook advertising stuff and you know maybe the email advertising, you can you know also just subscribe to those little portions of it if you know you don't need the whole thing. So uh, it's really going to be a pretty powerful thing, and this is all the stuff that I'm implementing myself, and it all comes from stuff that's working in my business. You know, this isn't just some, you know, oh you know, do this or do that. You know, one thing I hear a lot of, I hear so much of is email marketing. Mm -hmm. And yep. uh, I don't know if you've ever, you ever tried email marketing, Randall? Oh, we do quite a bit of it. Yeah. Yes, we do. For, for your accounting business? Mm -hmm. For the accounting business. Yeah, we do. Have you, have you ever done it for a service business though? Oh, you know, actually not. No, because I sold our last business in 2000. <laughs> there was no email marketing yeah. at that time. Yeah. I've, um, you know, I know that email marketing works in a lot of different verticals, mm -hmm. and I want to, want to, want to be successful with it in service business marketing, but I just can't really put a finger on it. So I don't do it, and that's not a part of the course. Mm -hmm. But where I was going with this is so many, you know, marketing agencies, 
you know, just tell you to do things. Oh, you know, you, you do some Facebook ads, you do some YouTube ads, you do some email marketing. Are you doing email marketing? You know, it's 2018. It's the year of email and video combined because it's been the year of video since 2012. Right. <laughs> That's the year of email and video combined. You know, people, they, they just kind of, you know, tell you these things, but it doesn't actually work. They're just trying to sell you services and see what works. But the stuff, you know, the stuff that's coming out of my programs is the actual stuff with my own exact, you know, examples of here's what I'm running for my company. Um, and, you know, I teach you basically step by step how to use that, you know. So I've been doing that now well, for all of 2018, six months now with the Facebook advertising and everyone's eating it up. Um, but you know, there's a whole lot of people out there that are like, Hey, I'm not ready for the Facebook advertising. I'm, you know, I need some help for that to really dial it in before I can get into it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the new program will be closed loop and designed to encompass everyone so that you can really, you know, grow your service business. Oh, now this, this is very powerful. And again, uh, people listen to this program. The ones who know me know that I'm kind of a hardcore type contractor and construction accountant. I don't have time for people that are idea people. Um, no, I, what Corey's presenting here is fantastic because, you know, there's a huge need for this. Again, you know, mar uh, MAP, Marketing Accounting Reduction. We don't really give a lot of advice on marketing. We give very little because we don't specialize in that. But, Corey, what you're describing here is a game changer. I tell contractors all the time, I say, you know, bless your hearts. There's lots of different places. I referred some people to you and other places, and I say, you need to find how to market. Now, you're putting together what I perceive to be the entire package of marketing. And if, if you put this together the way I believe you will, um, you're going to have a profound positive impact on a lot of contractors in their lives. And I'm excited about that. I really am. Because we see this all the time, Corey. We, uh, I've got one contractor. I just love this guy. Sherry and I both, my wife, we just absolutely love him and his wife. Neatest people on earth, okay? He's been in construction, I think, probably 40, 50 years, and he's living hand to mouth, um, hardworking. He's a trade contractor. He had to be a roofer for what that's worth. Just a great guy and honest, integrity, you name it. And that poor guy, I talked to him about, you know, you need to get some marketing. Oh, I kind of decided, you know, word of mouth. And I'm saying, that's fine. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. You need to get some marketing. He's starting to come around. And about 10 years ago, we had a client who's an electrical contractor, um, great guy, just fantastic. And he had worked for like 30 years, you know, one or two truck, one truck and, and an apprentice. We worked with him, not on the marketing, but on the accounting. And he found somebody else, this is years ago, to help with the marketing. I'll cut the long story short. He sold his business for seven figures and it built up nicely. And wow. his big thing was, gosh, I wish I'd have found you, you know, 10 years earlier. And I said, look, Mr. X, there's an old saying that when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Well, the teacher's always <laughs> you know, That said, is very true. I said, you aren't ready. You know, I'm, same problem. I had the same problem. But, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I'm going to take up some time here. But, Corey, darn it, I am thrilled. Because marketing a lot of contractors, we see this because we do the accounting, so I see hundreds of financials of contractors. And it, it breaks my heart when I see that they're spending, you know, three, four, eight, or ten thousand dollars with two or three companies I'm very familiar with. And they're like the Shark Tank companies. They have all kinds of ideas. And, uh, mm -hmm. and what they don't have, which it sounds like you have, if, if we think of the Grand Canyon, on one side are the idea people. 
On the other yep. side are the implementation people. Yep. And the ideal situation is if someone can build a bridge and be an idea person, Corey, and be an implementation person, Corey. So yes, if you can help these contractors and the good ones will percolate to the top because they know how to do the work. Wouldn't you agree? They know how to do the work. God bless Absolutely. them. They just need to get that marketing out there. So I'm If you know how to do the work and then you can, you know, build a solid marketing system around it, I mean, the growth potential is unlimited there. Oh, you know, yeah. that's really where things come together. You mm -hmm. see this as an accountant. Mm -hmm. You know, once you have the marketing behind it, mm -hmm. you can really, um, you know, start to actually, you know, make profit and improve your profits. Because, mm -hmm. you know, if you don't have any marketing behind it, you don't have any branding, you don't have a powerful image, and, you know, you're not good at sales, you know, what do you ultimately do? you just lower your price and you just keep lowering your price just so that you have work and you know so that you stay afloat mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. once you get your marketing in place the rest of it you know falls into place because then you can sell at a price where you can get your margins in place and you know either a make money or b going back to what we talked about early on dozens of minutes ago you can hire the people and you can hire the people without fear of well how am i going to pay this person if i can't sell enough work right and now that's the whole power of it, and that's why I always say, you know, sales and marketing is your new job when you start a business, and that's any business, not just a trades business. No, you're absolutely right. Production is ten. So, yeah, this is great. Absolutely, I like that formula. Yeah, it. I, I really mean that sincerely, and I see this all the time with contractors that they they do well. So this is going to be great. I'm really looking forward to the Bell Stem Sales Strategy. So the Bell Stem Sales Strategy. This is going to be a a part of the entire program. That's not the entire program, is it? No, gosh, no. I mean, it's just going to be one tiny part, you know, because mm -hmm. uh, it's very important that you have a, you know, a solid structured sales approach when you go out there to sell because, you know, what's the point of throwing more advertising to get more people into your sales funnel if you aren't closing them? Um, you right. know, so you really need to have a solid understanding of where to close it. And, you know, I say the word funnel and, you know, that kind of sounds a lot uh, gimmicky in some ways. People are like, well, funnel this, funnel that, funnels all the talk, talk lately. It's important to understand that because, you know, once you kind of visualize your whole, you know, inbound customer acquisition as a funnel mm -hmm. process, then you can start looking to plug the leaks. Okay, so we do this and we do this and we do this. Where can we make it better? Right. You know, where are people falling off? Okay, so is it down at the bottom? You know, that's where it is for a lot of people. Oh, we're not closing. Or is it up at the top? Do we not get, you know, enough leads in? Once you take that visualization approach to it, then you can really start to kind of, you know, drive in and kind of hone things down and, you know, figure out how to optimize. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Well, Corey, this has been fantastic. I really appreciate you being on the show. And uh, I'm going to put you on the spot because I'm that kind of a guy. I'd like to invite you back um, once you get this new program in place. Uh, I'd like to invite you back to do another podcast and, and kind of update us on how the program is going. How does that sound? Absolutely. We'd I look love, forward to coming back, Randall. We'd love to have you, Corey. Well, thank you again very much. And, Corey, I'd like you to, for the listeners, can you tell them how they can get in touch with you and, and learn more about what you offer? Yeah, absolutely. So you can go to the website, homeprosuccess.com. And then on there, there's a connect page. Mm -hmm. So you go to the connect page and on there, there is, um, you know, besides, you know, a ton of other information and all the blog posts and all that stuff. Um, if you want to get in touch with me personally on there, there's a kind of a contact form on there. You can put in your name, email, write me a message and send it on over. Excellent. 
Excellent. So any feedback, any questions, I'd be happy to hear it. Fantastic. Well, folks, I hope you get a lot of value out of this, this podcast. And Corey, thank you very much. And we'll talk to you later. Thank you, Randall. Take care. Take care. Bye for now. Now, a shameless plug from the sales and marketing department here at Fast Easy Accounting. We offer outsourced construction accounting, QuickBooks setup files, chart accounts, and cost codes. Zero setup and cost codes as well. We also offer consulting and training. And it's all going to be found at www.fasteasyaccountingstore.com. Again, that is www.fasteasyaccountingstore.com accountingstore.com and if you prefer you can always give us a call here our phone number is 1-800-361-1770 I hope this podcast helps you understand that outsourcing your contractors bookkeeping services to us is about more than just doing the bookkeeping it is about taking a holistic approach to your entire construction company and helping support you as a contractor and as a person. We understand the good, the bad, and the ugly about owning and operating construction companies because we've had several of them, and we sincerely care about you and your construction company. Well, that's all I have for now, so please do me the honor of commenting and rating the podcast. We'll be listening to it, and please feel free to tell me what you liked and didn't like, and tell it as you see it, because your feedback is crucial, and I thank you in advance. It's our firm belief here at Fast Easy Accounting that contractors like you deserve to be wealthy because you bring value to other people's lives. This is one more example of how Fast Easy Accounting is helping contractors all across the globe to put more money in the bank to operate and grow your construction company. Construction accounting is not rocket science. It is a lot harder than that and a lot more valuable to people like you. So please stop missing out. If you would like to learn what makes construction accounting different from regular accounting, please visit www.fasteasyaccounting.com forward slash CA. And please feel free to call Sherry 1-800-361-1770 or you can email her S-H-A-R-E at Fast Easy Accounting to schedule your no charge one hour consultation. Again, that number is 1-800-361-1770. Private contractors and construction unit owners like you have known about the value of outsourced um, bookkeeping services and contractor coaching services like ours for a very long time. And now you know about it too. If you're thinking about outsourcing your contractor's bookkeeping services, you're invited to download a guide to help you find a particular, I would say even the right contractor bookkeeping service fit your situation. You can find that at www.fasteasyaccounting.com forward slash HS. Thank you very much. Hope you understand we really do care about you and all contractors regardless of whether or not you ever hire our services. Bye for now until the next episode here on the Contractor Success Map Podcast where we remove contractors' unique paperwork frustrations. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on how to turn your contracting company into a process-dependent cash cow. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to the Contractor Success Map. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a five-star rating and review here on iTunes, and make sure to head over to www. 
contractorsuccessmap.com to subscribe to receive the latest articles and special offers. If you'd like to discuss your business strategy, simply click on the button labeled Strategy Session. And the best part, it's all free, just for you.